Welcome to a Straits Times Sports Podcast Special. The last time we spoke, there was upheaval in the world of Singapore football as the S-League morphed into the Singapore Premier League. Now there's further upheaval. On Monday, April 9th, V. Sundram Murthy stepped down as head coach of the national team. The Lions lost their main man, pun intended. With a record of only three victories and five draws from 23 games, some asked why now, others asked why not sooner. Some pointed the fingers at the executives of the FAS, some pointed fingers at the team. What is certain, with the current FIFA Coca-Cola World Ranking at 172, the Lions are in limbo again. I am your host, Jonathan Roberts, and here to discuss the future of our national pride is ST Sports correspondents Shamir Osman and Sazali Abdul-Aziz. Hello, guys. Hello. Hey. So, let's get to the first issue, Sundrum's legacy. Shamir, what are your thoughts? Well, the numbers aren't pretty, are they? He's, he's got three wins in 23 attempts, 15 losses, very few goals scored. It, it, it doesn't make for good reading. And it's, but I think the the concept of what a coach does and what he leaves behind goes a little bit further than just numbers. Do you think it's a case of he's a bad coach or that it's just an impossible job? It, as of now, it is in a bit of an impossible job with the kind of players coming through the pipeline. There, there aren't really that many options that Syndrome has, or in fact, any coach who comes in after him will have from here on in. So I, I, I would like to see what people can do with this but with this bunch of players that we've got right now I think one issue with uh, the way people perceive Sundrum is his outward appearance his uh, attitudes towards the press uh, Saz you have dealt with him before uh, what was your take on the man well um, he tries to be friendly I mean he he, he always makes conversations uh, with the media with reporters but um, you, you always feel like um, you know, there's a there's a there's a public persona of him, uh, you know, and and a, and a private one, and and you don't get the private one often. In terms of of dealing with him for work, I think the most uh, memorable one, maybe for good reasons, maybe for bad, was the Argentina press pre pre match press conference where, uh, you know, he was in and out within a minute, which was you know. I actually laughed at the end as he stepped through the door lah, because you know he, he he said he had training to conduct and stuff like that, but. Yeah, I mean the fact that he was in and out for in under a minute for for uh, you know glamour friendly against Argentina, I sort sort of said it all to me. I think it's a little bit unfair though that particular incident because he was brought out of training while after training had started, and that was just poor organisation. But well, again to your point, Sundram does have a bit of a siege mentality in the sense that he seems to feel that everyone is out to get him, and and that, and that explains how he. He's a little bit defensive in that sense when you speak with him, but well, he does warm up a wee bit if if you just chat and not for work. But it's my He's only fine wish when you get to know him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Honestly, I mean, if if you you, you know, I'm sure it's Shami and myself. But okay, what about his relationship with the players? Personally, I think his relationship with a coach, uh, as with the players rather as a coach, is ideal because that there, there's always a line, you know, like. Um, some coaches are, are very friendly with their players. You know, they train, they laugh, and, and stuff. You won't, you won't. You know, ninety nine percent of the time, you you won't see Sundram. There's no know, laughter yeah, with him. He he won't laugh in training. I mean, the players are not afraid to laugh in training, of course. But you know, he he won't be you know with the boys. You know, throwing out uh, jokes and laughing all the time or most of the time. So I think that's good to have as a coach. I mean, you you draw the line. Uh, so you know, but. 
you know sometimes it sort of causes resentment in you know de- mm. depending on the individual lah you know so okay so i mean during his uh, tenure as head coach what would you say were the high points and what were the low points for you It's it's a little bit hard again to pick this because there were several low points. There were several games we could have done a lot better in. Several times I wish we had attacked a little bit more. But I think one point that really stood out for me was um, the Turkmenistan game where we drew one one, and the boys looked really positive for something I haven't seen in a while. And they were playing good football, and it was just unfortunate that we just didn't seem to be able to to keep our shape and and see that match through. It was there, but just the boys mentally didn't seem to have it. So right. it was all good, good and bad, all in one match for me. Hmm. Yeah, ju- just I mean, uh, a point about you know highs and lows, and I mean it, it really is uh, you know in in football, in international football, uh, especially it's it's really a case of fine margins, lah. I mean, I I was at the Suzuki Cup um, in Philippines, and for 20 minutes we had one foot in the semi final, uh, and then you know, Phil- uh, Indonesia scored two goals, and then we were out. You know, we we were bottom of the group, and and you know, and and you know, didn't didn't win, didn't uh, only scored one goal. You know, and the numbers like like Sham mentioned earlier, you know, the numbers look really bad, lah. You know, but for 20 minutes we had one foot in the in the semi final. You know, and and Sundram will say he was unlucky. Uh, you were saying, you know, he he would say, you know, it's it's uh, it's a case of fine margins, and and he's not wrong. Yeah. There was a game against Thailand as well in that same Suzuki Cup where we we looked like we had ties under control for quite a while. And then Madhu went up to attack. They got us on the counter, and then we're out. Okay, so the bigger issue possibly is that it's not so much that Sundram was a bad coach by any means, but is the team there? The the set of players that he has are from a time past. They they were youth products from say the mid two thousands. I mean, our current lines are aging. They are graying. There is right? there is a little doubt about that, and there's a reason for that. I think the youth development pipelines in Singapore has been broken and broken for a very long time. We haven't been able to fix it, which is why I think whoever else is going to come in into Syndrome's job is going to struggle in a very similar manner because these are the set of players who are able to step it up at the international level. And the ones coming through the program, as as you can see from our under twenty three boys, when we we got beat by Indonesia last month. It was, it was we couldn't string three passes. We couldn't get a shot on target. It was it was a shambles, and that's the way it's going to be for if results are any indication. That's the way it's going to be for the next couple of years because the young ones coming through are just not good enough. And well, okay, has anyone come through under syndrome? That, I mean, that any shining stars that you can see that he's had a a, a real hand in uh, developing? I think Irfan Fandi is the most obvious one. Coming in as a forward and then being converted to a centre back, and now he's a proper lion. He's he's in the first eleven. He's one of the first few names on the team sheet, and that one is quite clear. Shawal Anwar is perhaps another one who, who didn't have the best starts to his career as a Singapore international, but he's come through now. Needs to deliver a little bit more in terms of getting goals and crosses. But these two players, I think, stand out. And Anders Applin, you could argue for that, mm. that he is starting to come through and starting to show signs that he could. Make it at the international level. So now we're facing this situation. We have uh, Suzuki Cup coming up in November, and we have no coach. We have no head coach, and we have an aging team with a few, as you've mentioned, a, f- a few players who can do the job. The big question is, who's next? Do we go foreign? Do we go local? Who should take up that mantle? 
I think I think there've been a, a few uh, big names uh, linked to the job, foreign names like uh, Terry Butcher, uh, Sham wrote the other day in the papers, and and uh, Dave Jones, the former Cardiff uh, manager. But I mean, you, you can argue for 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 bringing them in now. You know, making a foreign hire now, uh, giving uh, that coach seven months uh, uses to kick up. Um, you know, in in some ways, as as a a chance for them to sorry, a, a foreign hire caretaker coach is that what you're proposing? No, 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 no. I mean, uh, a foreign hire coach to 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 see through, you know, next couple of years at least. Uh, you know, to to sort of, I mean, steady the ship, uh, You know, to, 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 uh, and and people will say, you know, foreign coaches they come in, they take time to learn and and, and stuff like that. And and it it's true, it's true, but. Um, at the same time, you know, if it, it would be a bit unfair to to any local coach uh, or, or locally based coach to come in and and like you mentioned, you know, steady the ship and then, you know, where, where do they go from there? With well, the it's not really steadying the ship. I mean, if you're talking about this team, it's more taking the ship out to scupper it. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Yeah, I think and before we even <laughs> throw any names out, I think we're missing the entire point here, which is the FA must decide which direction football is going to go. Are we are we going to just sacrifice this this November Suzuki Cup and say, you know what? Forget about this. We're we're starting the rebuilding process right now, looking long term. So fans, we're going to suffer for five years, and after five years, you'll see a team that can do well at that level. Or are you going to take a short term approach and say, throw in some guy right now, just so that we don't get hammered at Suzuki Cup? This decision must come from the FAS, and it's not clear at this point. Well, it depends who they're looking to appease. Because if you're talking about fans, then there is one very clear name that everyone wants to come back. Then it's this, you know, this once and future king syndrome, and that is Fandy. Everyone wants Fandy to take up the mantle. Saz, what do you feel about Fandy taking on the job? I mean, first of all, I think he's lobbied very hard to, to get um, his current uh, you know, position of, of working with the under-23s, with the under-20, with you know, the target of bringing them to, to, to the Tokyo 2020 uh, Olympics. Um, you know, he, he may or may not Achieve that goal, lah. But you know the the fact that he's the fact is he's been working for a year and a half with these boys. Uh, you know we've seen you know some science, decent results. Yeah, we've yeah. seen some results. They started the, the the Singapore Premier League season with with two wins and then uh, you know, narrowly lost out in the third game. Um, so I mean, I I think it would be it would be nice to see him, um, you know, sort of develop the, this group of players even further and then. You know, maybe down the road, you know, build a national team, a senior national team with them in the team. Uh, so you're saying he should not take this yeah, if it's offered if, to him? Yeah, maybe if, if I were him, I wouldn't. I tend to agree with Sars on this because Fandi is starting to do some work with this. So there are some effects that we can see already. And he's a sort of coach who really inspires young players. Mm. He's an absolute legend in this country. There's, there's no denying that. And, and Singapore loves him. He's our favourite footballing son. So with with that kind of persona, he he tends to inspire young kids to do a lot more than they can, and he's starting to do that already with the young lions. He should stick with it. Although I would say that having his personality in and about the national team will definitely be helpful, and I'm sure that whoever the FAS brings in, Fandi will be there or thereabouts, and and his assistant coming in to help out with the team, just to be there with the boys. He will be, and he should. Okay. Well, personally, I feel it's the risk because uh, my own beloved team, Liverpool, have fallen down this path before of bringing back a beloved son to try and take the team to higher ground. 
and it's not worked. It's not worked with when Daglish came back for a second time. It didn't work with Graham Souness back in the early nineties with his. Uh, that was a failed attempt. Terrible. Um, I mean, you know, you could say, oh well, it's worked with Zidane at Real Madrid. What a what a revelation he was. It didn't work but with my beloved Newcastle and Alan Shearer as well. Nothing <laughs> works with Newcastle, mate. Yeah. Fair, fair point. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, th- I think there's a real risk of if Fanny was to take this role and not do it in a way that. I mean, it'd be nice if he uh, brought in his under-23s to be the national team straight away. I think that would be good. Um, but without that, there's a risk of his reputation being, well, ending on quite a down note. Because, you know, what could you do with this, with the current situation? Very much the same way Sundram's reputation has, has taken a hit. Like. I mean, yeah. you know, he, he won the MSL uh, with, you know, great tactics. You know, everybody was hailing him as a br- brilliant tactician. And then now, all of a sudden, you know, everybody is saying, you know, he's rubbish, which is not true. Lah. Yeah, not true, not fair. But again, fine margins to everything. A good example of what you were talking about, of Fandi taking the under-23s and making them the national team. The Thais did it with Kiate Suk Senamong and the under-23s who did well at the Suzuki Cup. They did well at the Asian Games. They finished fourth and against some solid opposition. And a lot of these boys became the the key part of, of the current Thai national team. And a lot of the older guys like Datsakon Tonglao basically just faded away because these these kids were good. Well, I mean, that age, the under-23s, is essentially the age that your national team should be. I mean, in, in theory, you if, should be at that level already, right? If you're going to be a star, you would have been already by 23. I mean, years. maybe our guys aren't quite there at the moment, but why not, why not do it? I <laughs> mean... Because we're not good enough yet. That, that, that much is clear in, in February's game against Indonesia, where it looked like men again, bo- men again, bo- boys. But it was, it was terrible. We're still not quite there yet. Well, you can go into the whole argument about national service taking away two good years from our young boys, but we just need to get over ourselves and and deal with the situation as it is. And the FA just needs to find a way to to make sure that the boys don't lose those two years of development which actually is a is a key part in why at 23 they are still boys and not exactly the fully developed um, football professional that they should be as as we see in other mm. countries. So you're saying it's really a case of FAS needing to be true to their course and not just pandering to the whims of fans of what they assume would be a good fit or indeed it's just wish fulfillment from them. Uh, which kind of puts you in mind of the James Bond analogy. For a long time, Pierce Brosnan, the fans wanted him. He seemed to be a good fit. He looked the part. But in the end, you got one good movie and four duff ones. So, who will be FAS's James Bond to take on the world of international football? Will he be given a license to win? Will he hit a streak worthy of Casino Royale? Or will it be another case of die another day? We will find out very soon. Okay, thanks guys for joining me for this podcast. To you, the listener, we hope you've enjoyed listening to it and you get something out of it. If you'd like to listen to more podcasts, do check us out on straightstimes.com with a variety of other subjects that you can listen into. Do join us again next time. For now, farewell. <laughs>